everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast, episode number 66. Today, I am joined with Rebecca Boatman. We had such a great chat. Rebecca is a dating coach, and she helps people navigate relationships, finding healthy relationships, setting healthy boundaries, and having a clear-cut vision when it comes to the dating world. So I was so, so excited to chat with her. This episode was months in the making. We had to reschedule this a few times because a lot of stuff came up. So I was really excited to finally get a chance to sit down with her. We cover it all today. I'm telling you, this one's a little not safe for work. So uh, just a fair warning for anyone out there. We talk about a little bit of adult things on this episode, but you know what? This is what we're here for. Um, We talk about it all. So we talk about setting healthy boundaries, having a clear cut vision for, you know, wanting what you want in a partner, learning that it's okay to say no. We really cover everything you could uh, think about when it comes to dating certain patterns that some of us might have. She actually walked me through explaining the avoidant attachment style. And I never associated as somebody that was avoidant, but I was like, hmm, I might be a little bit more avoidant than I thought. Um, So really just like examining where those patterns come from, how to get to the root of them, how to kind of integrate and work through and get yourself back to that neutral place of like a balanced attachment style. Um, So yeah, we had a really awesome chat. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. As always, you know what to do if you want to tune in, you want to hear about it all, you want to hear about sacral cranial massage uh, that has to do with your pelvic floor. Um, which is really interesting too. Uh, you know what to do, my friends. Go ahead and stay tuned. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast. I'm so excited. Today we have Rebecca Boatman. Welcome, Rebecca. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I know. It's been a while um, in the making scheduling this episode. Like It's been crazy. I was renovating the bathroom that's behind my podcast studio and that like was interfering with our time to get set together. So we're finally here together um, and we're making it happen. So I'm so excited to have you. Uh, Well, that sounds fun. A brand new bathroom. Who doesn't like that? Yeah, right. Oh, my God. It's not the whole bathroom. It's just the shower, but um, it's like double the size of what it used to be. So I'm like feeling like a princess, you know? Ah! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, for everyone listening, I was really interested in not only like broadening what I talk about here on the podcast. So obviously I talk about fitness and mindset stuff. And I was thinking, you know, dating is such a big part of mindset too. And like nobody really makes that connection. So um, I'm really excited to sort of have you on and kind of like hear what was it that sort of led you down the path of like, okay, a dating coach is like what I want to be doing. Yeah. I love that question. So I originally hired a relationship coach for myself, like, Mm, five, six years ago. And she changed my life. She changed my life. She helped me see so many things, so many basically breakdowns and like my communication, like, like just so many limits that I had after limit, after limit, after limit in terms of what's possible in relationship. And like the littlest thing she would teach me about myself or about communication would open up a whole new world. She's like, Rebecca, like you can just say this or do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's possible. Like I just, I I had it. I had like my relationship blueprint up until that point was like divorces, fighting, burning bridges. It's like, don't share how you feel. Um, you know, lone wolf fit, like like avoid run, like everything that just led to so much like disconnect and loneliness and failed relationships, you know, and friendships. I would, um, if I would never share how I felt like, like sharing feelings was like so uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, you know, it was a total avoidant. And after working with her and learning like, oh, wow, like I can actually share this and it's safe to share this. And it's going to be received well, and it's actually going to create more intimacy. It's going to create closeness or, um, you know, just so many little things like that. Like that's one example. And it changed my life so much. And I was like, wow, like I want to give this to women. Like I want to support women and becoming, um, you know, the woman that allows for a connected, loving relationship. And then after I, so I did a lot of relationship and dating coaching. And then more so the last two years have honed in specifically on dating. And so I'm, I'm familiar with both and good at both. And dating is really fun because it's all about an abundant mindset and really helping women get out of the, what we call like one-itis where women naturally actually don't date. They, oh, wow. they, yeah. That, what did you say that phrase was one-itis? 
one-itis, meaning like they'll meet one guy that they like or one partner and they'll say, um, they'll be like, oh my gosh, like he's it. Right. Right. And all of a sudden they're like, they cut off all their possibilities. And this is because if you look at like hunter gather, you know, era of our, if where our ancestors were surviving and the, the, our biology and the way we acted then we still see it in today's dating world, even though it's 2021 and everything's different, but the way that um, women and men can behave actually can mirror that era. So it's really fascinating. So you look at like men are designed to reproduce, right? Well, well we all are, but naturally mm-hmm. to spread their sperm, spread their seed and have their genes live on. Right. So for them actually dating and not, not meaning that they sleep with their dates. I mean, they may or may not, but it's more natural for them to be able to date, meaning see multiple women and for women, right. This is why also you see it all the time. Women will be like, I want, you know, they'll go on one date, all of a sudden assume they're like in a relationship and then be confused when they find out he's dating, you know? So it's can feel counterintuitive, but, um, I always say to him, like, let me preface this dating is simply going out to coffee. Like you go out to coffee with one guy, one day you get to know him, maybe 20, 30 minutes, whatever, maybe you go out to dinner or, and then you do it again the next day with a different guy, right? You're just dating is simply, um, learning and getting to learn about yourself, getting to learn about these humans. It's not, you know, sleeping with them, be physically intimate with them. Eventually it can lead to that. Um, but I like prefacing with that because people have different uh, definitions of dating. Yeah. So as a woman, the one itis is, oh, I need to find a, 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 a provider to save me from the lion, tigers and bears. So, you know, back then you wanted to find someone to protect you from, from the, you know, the weather, the crazy weather that we wanted them to hunt for you. Right. They, that's how you survive. So you know, that's why women can still tend to naturally be like, oh, there's, there's the one. And then they cut off all of other possibilities. So I work with women up, you know, creating an abundant mindset so they can have just like, I have so many of our students just have the most amazing date lives where they're like, I don't know. Now my problem is like, who do I choose? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. There is like, there's so much that I want to unpack from what you said. And I relate to what you said at the start so much of like, um, feeling like you can't share how you feel like that is a pattern that I've noticed within myself of previous relationships was like I never I never had the courage to like ask the person what are we so I would have like three four five month talking stages and now in hindsight I'm like girl like you you should have just like figured out what it was and then like it just led to this you know anxiety of like oh well what are we but like I don't want to come on too strong and just like this whole feeling of like I can't you know say how I'm feeling and I feel like so many of my friends still are in that headspace of like not wanting to, you know, really sort of make the first move or the leap into it. So that was like the first thing that stood out to me. There's so much you said too, even about like evolutionarily. Um, it's so interesting because I do feel like it's a lot easier for men to to date around. And like you were saying with the one-itis, like as women too, I've been in the position before of like you find one person, you're like, before I even go on a date with them, sometimes I'm like, that's it. Like I picture my life with him. I'm like, we're going on vacation together. Like that's it. He's the one. And then like you meet them or you go on a few dates and you're like, mm, the vibe wasn't there. <laughs> it's so funny how we do that. Yeah. Um, and so coming to your first question that you brought up about the afraid to share how you feel. Um, so there's two there's, and then, you know, it sounds like going on and, and dating and then realizing, wow, this actually isn't a match. Like we don't have the same visions or, um, so there's two things I want to address one that are powerful. And I love that your friends, you said your friends are in the same, like have the same experience, love you friends. Totally get it. And everyone Mm -hmm. listening, totally get it. I used to literally, when it came to having to share how I feel, I'd be like three, two, one, say it three, two, one, say it. I'd do it over and over again in my head and then not say it. Now I'm like, Oh no, I'm like, I will just, because once you start getting good at this, you experience it sharing what you want and, and asking and requesting and being honest, you experience the freedom of it. And so you're anchored into, wow, this is a whole new life. And you don't go back to that old way of um, experiencing and being in, in relationship and partnership and dating. So the, um, the fear of sharing how you feel question, Haley, do you share it? Um, so would that also show up for you in like partnership if something hurt you or was it mainly just the, um, like, would you kind of like avoid if something hurted you or is it mainly, would you mainly just experience it in the beginning stages of dating someone? 
So I've been single for a while now, so I've like taken time to work on myself. So it's definitely not as um, bad as it used to be. But I think for me, a lot of it was just like my people pleasing tendencies, because even at like work situations, like I would be very afraid to speak up for myself and especially like in relationships. And I noticed that pattern like across the board, like family, friends, um, but mainly romantically of just like not feeling like I was confident enough to assert myself because I just felt like I had to shrink myself. So um yeah it was always kind of just like I don't know if it was like a subconscious thing of like don't do that like it's um you know I don't know if it's like a a, you know an inner child thing too of like don't show too much emotion as like a protection mechanism um that's a whole other like rabbit hole inner child healing but um I've gotten better with it now that I've like taken time to myself to like actually get to know myself and I think a big part of it um and I don't know if this will resonate with anyone listening is that like I didn't really know who I was at the time that I was like in these relationships or these talking stages. So in hindsight, I'm like, well, how could I even have known what I wanted if I didn't even know who I was? So it's like now that I've taken a break from that, like I do feel like it's better. But I'm now entering a phase in my life where I'm ready to put myself back out there. So um, that's why I, I reached out to you. I feel like, you know, this kind of stuff fascinates me. And like understanding how we show up in the dating world, too, is just um fascinating so good I'm so happy I love hearing about their trust me when you're in my like whether it's through podcast Instagram like friends me my friends it's like you get like this dating like okay I'm dating like my friend who's been staying with me is like um she she literally she she goes to these events she works at these events and there's all these attractive amazing men I was like girl like do you like, do you go out with any of them? Like, cause she's single. I'm like, go on. She's like, well, no. Like, I, and I'm like, why not? Like, she's like, I want to keep it professional. I'm like, there's nothing, you can still be professional. You know what I mean? Yeah. This number. And then she came home the next day. She's like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, of course. Right. She's like, I yeah. got a cute number. He wants to take her bowling. Not so that's what happens when you get in the energy of like open and you start, yeah. you know, surrounding yourself with this consciousness and possibility. So the reason I asked the question, and I'm just going to address it because I'm sure there's people listening who can relate to this is when you are afraid to share how you feel at some point, you, you know, we call that the avoidant attachment style at some point there was, you know, either mom or dad didn't, or someone in your life right. Didn't, um, promote sharing feelings. And it's so yeah. interesting right? because parents say, don't cry. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, kind of what, yep. mes- what message is that sending us? So by us actually being people pleasing, right. Or not sharing our feelings and not standing up for ourselves. It's the sneaky way to still cr- try and create connection because we, we believe if you know what, if, if I share my feelings, I'm going to be a burden and then I'm going to be kicked out of the tribe and then I'm going to be alone forever. Right. So how about I just avoid sharing my feelings? I stuff them down and then I'll still be able to stay in proximity to the people I love or the people I still want to be involved in, whether it's work, family relationship. So it's, it's so funny because I tell my friends who are more anxious and they, they like love feelings, you know, mm-hmm. um, when I tell them this, they're like, what the heck? They're like, <laughs> <laughs> literally like they like, drop their mouths open like yeah. that's real I'm like trust me and avoid like when we do that it's because we love you and we yeah. don't like we don't know feelings weren't safe sharing feelings that's so safe. crazy like I don't know that just blows my mind how you said that too of like it's a it's almost a defense mechanism not even a defense but a protection mechanism because you want to still be a part of the tribe um yeah. man it always goes deep it always connects back to like you know, your inner child. It's so like inner child healing is so powerful. And like, that is something that I realized over the years is like back when I was in these like talking stages, like I had no sense of that. I didn't know why I was like showing up the way that I was. Um, but it's interesting because no one's ever like told me that I'm an avoidant before. And I never like associated with that. But now that you've explained, I'm like, shit, maybe I am like, (laughs) (laughs) becoming sick cure right it's like that's yeah. always the goal but essentially we usually go between two like and sometimes we can do all three you know yeah but, um and and I that's why I wanted to ask that question about the feelings and and then there was the other part around going on the date and say you're with a guy for four months and you're like I don't want to come on too strong yeah like what are we so I always say to make it easy you focus on the experience like you know, and trusting that the, the right man will say like, I want to be with you and only you. And, and the part where you can be assertive and authentic and honest is this is what's important to me. Right. And then witnessing 
how he responds. Like what's important to me is an exclusive relationship, right? What's important to me is marriage. What's important to me is kids. You know, it's not like you're saying do that yesterday, but yeah. you're, you're being honest about what your desires are and what your vision is. And, and so a lot of it and not pretzeling. Cause what you'll, what you'll, what I'll see sometimes is women will pretzel or steer away from that. What because, does pretzeling mean? Like they just, um, sorry, like, 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 um, bending themselves to, to, to be a match for what that man, what she thinks. Um, that man Yeah. And that's a lose, lose baby. Like we're yeah. about win, oh win. My God. That's why I always say too, in dating, like get crystal clear in your vision in our, I have a manifest your evolved man course. That's um, incredible. And inside there, I, I take you through a series of questions to help you literally uncover your, your deepest values. And when I did it, it blew my mind. Like I asked you questions, like, where do you spend your money? Where do you spend your time? Like really getting into your life and yeah. what, that, what you value for me, it's inclusivity. I'm like, everyone's included. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's not like that for everyone. And, and then also looking at, it helps you look at your deal breakers and partnership as well. Like, like, okay, no smoking. Can you have kids? Yeah. Maybe not like these things really. And, and then you have a map when you go out and date and I say I'm like do not freaking I want to swear if you don't care do not yeah no that's fine (laughs) (laughs) settle because when you settle if your confidence takes a hit girl like like you're not yourself but when you're like you know what I'm uh, like I just had an experience with it the other the other day too um uh, uh, yeah it's interesting because I watch I watch it whenever your confidence starting to take a hit it's like well where am I where am I lying to myself or lying to someone else like let me just be fully fully authentic fully transparent so that's what that um, module does inside the Manifestory of All Men course. And, and then you go out with that love and, and you date from, from knowing that and then yeah. and sharing it and being honest about it. Not from like an ultimatum place, meaning like, um, well, you better live up to this or it's not going to work. It's just, yeah. it's, this is the energetic side too, which is also really important because I, I give the practical steps, right. Of like what to say. And then also the energy in which you're operating from of like, wow, I, f- I have full faith that this is coming into my life. And so when a man's not a match, you're actually not disappointed. Your energy is like, okay, cool. Like, and you, you're, there's something you find out him that you really appreciate. So that would avoid, right. The four month thing going on where you find out, yeah. four months, like, oh, wow, he actually wants to have 16 cats and be alone. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's so true. It's like, it's almost just like having set standards. Like someone else had told me this a, a few weeks ago is like, when you're dating, think of it. And this is the headspace that I used to be in when I would date, I would say like, oh, well, I want this person to like me. Like, I hope that this person likes me. Well, now I'm sort of getting into the headspace and thinking of it as like, well, do I like that person? Like, are they a good match for what I'm looking for? And I don't think people realize what a huge like mindset shift that is from like that people pleaser, like I need the validation from this person to like, okay, I have standards now. Like I know what I'm looking for. And if they meet it, cool. If they don't, it doesn't take away from my worth at all. Like keep moving on. Absolutely. That's, um, being what we call being uh the chooser instead of just being chosen oh wow I like that yeah so it's like are you being the chooser or do you jump into relationship with the first man who shows signs of interest right because that's when people and especially um it's like when you're intimate with someone it is like taking a drug like oxytocin the bonding agent comes out to play you don't see them objectively. And that's where women get into relationships. And then three, four, five years down the line, two years, even a year, whatever. They're like, how did I get myself here? Girl, you weren't thinking because you literally, you were intimate with them. Oxytocin came out to play. You weren't seeing anything else. You weren't seeing red flags or anything. Or um, That's why I'm always a, also a huge proponent of waiting to be physically intimate yeah. until you get to know someone on multiple levels because then you're like okay cool like we're a match here we're a match here like this is great and you guys have the same values and you make a great team so that also sets you up to win as well yeah I totally agree with that too like waiting by the way and I I know that it's easier said than done sometimes but um I like to think too I'm gonna just say it because I really feel like sex is an energy exchange and I don't know if, if you agree with this but like you're you're that's literally like the most powerful energy in the universe right and so it's like you got to be careful who you're sharing that with and whose energy you're absorbing too because that can affect your whole vibe and your whole kind of you know energy so 
Yeah, you, I, I worked actually, um, I don't know if you guys have, have you heard of cranial sacral? Uh, what's that? So it's a therapy that they do um, on your head and they basically touch these certain points that um, bring you into the womb. And, oh, wow. and I actually had all had cranial sacral done on my vagina by oh, a, wow. a woman who is, um, her name's Jody Hendricks. It's called pelvic floor release is like the professional. Oh, I've heard of pelvic floor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they help remove trauma, release trauma. And she, I asked that question. I was like, are we taking on our partner's trauma as well when we sleep with them? And she was like, yes. And how your body communicates with them. But the, what's relevant is that you're liberating, right? What she was very good at bringing the mindset of, you know, reverence, possibility, openness. And I was like, wow, that's so important to realize, you know, that we're, we're, yeah, you're exchanging entities. And, um, that's also why being in a union is so important, right? Because if you have someone who's going out and energy exchanging all the time, yeah, if they're sleeping, like that's going to, that that's going to impact and be in the space when you are intimate with them. So a pelvic floor release, highly recommend it. It was definitely really awkward. Okay. The first yeah. one, like, so what does that involve? Like, if you don't mind me asking, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Okay. So this is fun. I've never talked about this on a podcast, <laughs> but with all my best friends. Um, so she taught, you know, um, and her space is like beautiful. She lives in Sedona. I used to live there for a year. And she, you know, asks you a few, lots of questions, gets to know you, you lay on the table. And what happens is she actually puts her hands inside your vagina and finds points oh of um, tension. I know she finds with gloves. Right. And she's, yeah. talking, she's like, and I could tell she finds points of tension. She's like, notice how tense it is here. Right. Wow. And, um, notice, and, um, what she would do is what happens happens is I know so this, some people are listening and some people because I'm using my hands right now I yeah no some people yeah. can see it too <laughs> okay um so when what happens is if you put 10 if you touch something where there's tension you're bringing awareness to it so the tension is already there but you're going to feel more of the tension so she's bringing awareness to it so that it can because it's like this so if you bring awareness to it it can let go and it can release so you're creating more space and openness in your womb and in your pelvic floor area and so what, so she would go around and do that to create for it, for the body to like relax and let go wow. because it can, any sort of like, you know, say you have sex and you really didn't want to or anything like that's trauma that's stored yeah. in, in your, in your body. So the next day, my whole like jaw right here, like, oh, it was hurt because this, your jaw actually mirrors your no um, way. Hits. Yeah. So if wow. you're right here, it's mirroring here. And I, it would hurt so bad, Haley. Um, and my psychologist, who's amazing, his name's Doug Brackman, double PhD, like just brilliant man. Um, he wrote a book called Driven, which I highly recommend. He um, he was like, this mirrors. He's like, so he taught me to go and to do that and do that. And then this will like let go. But what blew my mind, this hurt so bad. She was like, they were like, Rebecca, that tension, her and my psychologist like, has yeah. always been there. You're just now aware of it because you're coming more into your body. Whoa. And I know it's oh so my God. Yeah. So the second time wasn't as awkward. The first one, I just had to get yeah. it done. <laughs> when I yeah. It wasn't as weird anymore, but I recommend it. And I totally understand if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. First. No, that's crazy. Like, did you, did you feel like a difference in your energy, like in your emotion, emotional state afterwards or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just more. I mean, this whole last year I've gotten really into somatic healing, which is coming into your body and liberating energy. Just you, you are able to reach more states of calmness, I believe and bliss and peace and like genuine connection and happiness. Um, definitely. I remember, um, sex being more just like sensitive and like present and, and more curious of like, Whoa, she would tell me certain things. She's like, no, this when your body will tense up, right? It, you know, notice when yeah. it's relaxed. So more inquisitive and like, um, also like we are way more surrendered for sure. And also emotional, but in very good, healthy ways of like releasing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. It sounds like a, like a way to like get rooted into your body more. Like I've had people on to talk about somatic release, um, breath work, like traumatic release breath work. And, um, they say the same kind of thing, but that's, that's even more extreme. I've heard some people have almost like uh, psychedelic experiences with just breath work. Have you ever done that or I've, I've done breath work. I've never done psychedelics, but I, I hear, yeah, what you're saying that people can have psych. So I yeah. don't I can't compare, you know? Yeah. Um, but I've had, 
yeah. So through somatic work, um, I had an experience that one of my, one of my close friends, um, Aaron, he does, he will go, does I retreats all the time. And I told him about one of my somatic experiences and he was like that's literally exactly like ayahuasca no and it was just simply through um actually no I don't even know that's a lie that wasn't breath work that was just that was somatic where you um where you find the tension in your body and then and, and then you come to your heart and you feel safety and you go back and forth and what's happening is the the darkness of, or the density of the emotion and the shame or, which we all deal with, right. It's, mm-hmm. it's touching the light and then it's being liberated. Like the thing about the light is being shined on the dark so it can be dissolved. Um, so through that experience, I had like a mind blowing, like, Holy crap, what is life, wow. you know? Um, but through yeah. breath work, I, I have not, I've done breath work, but I haven't had, um, I've had total moments of like bliss and peace, but I can't really yeah. compare it to psychedelics. <laughs> No, I mean, I've never done psychedelics either, but I'm so fascinated by it. And like even breath work too. like I've done breath work before, but I've never had like these crazy like someone I was talking to. I had a, someone on the podcast. He said that your brain almost releases something that's similar to like DMT, DMT when you get really into, you know, really deep into it. I've never like personally gone there. I think a part of me is like kind of scared to really, you know, dive into it that heavily. But I, it's like yeah. so fascinating. It is. We're fascinating. We're like the most intelligent creatures. I'm deep in, I don't know if you guys studied Joe Dispenza's work too. Yes. Oh my God. I'm obsessed. He's amazing. Yeah. I said, he was in my dream last night. It was really bizarre. Really? Like, that was the weirdest, <laughs> weirdest dream ever. Oh but I God. do binge listen to his stuff. So it makes sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, his stuff's amazing. I always recommend it. Yeah. And I know we're totally going on a tangent here. I don't know if you want to go <laughs> back okay. to dating relationships, but <laughs> yeah, no, I like, honestly, like I love just seeing where, where people want to take it. But, um, Joe Dispenza is amazing. Like I started reading a lot of his stuff when the pandemic started just about healing your body from within. And something that's so fascinating to me is how we can get addicted to stress. And like, I know people in my life that are literally like peace and love, but they're Debbie Downers. Like they are the first to be like, wait till you hear this bad news. I have to tell you. And it's like, if there's, if there's not something wrong, they're like clawing at like anything they can to, to try to like bring stress back into their life. Cause like your body gets so used to being stuck in the state of stress that you're going to just like, um, do that. So actually that kind of made me think of something with relationships. Do you think that, um, like if you're, if you're somebody that has been like, let's say not even in an abusive relationship, but just in a like power dynamic where it felt like unstable, is that pattern going to carry on? Like, are you going to continue to seek that if you haven't fully healed it? Or do you think that you can skirt by and just like get out of a relationship and then figure it out in the next one? Girl, you know, there ain't no skirting by. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that's a great question. So basically a trauma bond, like, like I believe, I believe that trauma bonds, can be so gnarly like the the or the power dynamic that you no longer you're like I want something different and you do what it takes to create and get there um I just assume everyone's like that um and it's going to take work right looking at what had me get into this pattern or what is what in me is creating the pattern so and what do I what do I really want and know that and this is so beautiful I was like I know that like, as you, cause I know a lot of people in power dynamics, they're maybe afraid that they won't be attracted to what's best for them. I hear that all the time. Yeah. You will, you absolutely will. And you will not miss the power dynamic. You will not miss the trauma bond. You will, you're not, you, you won't miss that. So knowing it's about having a vision stronger than the past, right. Having a vision strong, like being willing to have faith. You don't have to see the full picture, but if you're ending up in that, right. Where it's a power dynamic is um, usually you're trying to get your unmet childhood needs from that person. Even that can even happen in a healthy relationship. That does happen. I have so, you know, it does happen, but know that it's really looking at, okay, where am I trying to source my power from this person when I am the power, right? Cause you are it. 
And the reason we hook in or end up in those situations is because we're falling into the distortion or the illusion from whatever limiting beliefs that we have to source it in another person putting us in the same spot. So really looking at like, okay, what, what, where do I get to reclaim this part of myself? Where do I get to own my Mm -hmm. power? And what is that going to look like like in relationship? And how can I, and and when you ask that question, opening up your brain, like, what is that going to look like? to the possibility and the excitement of what this new bond is going to create and, and just bring it in your life, all the beauty and the adventure and the honor. And um, I, I say that because anchoring to the vision is so powerful when it comes to doing the work. It keeps, it, it, it helps you keep your commitment to keep going. Maybe when it's challenging or you feel like you get stuck and you just want to eat a big ass thing of peanut butter. <laughs> I think that's so true, though. And like it also it keeps you accountable with your with your standards and your worth, too. Right. It's like knowing what the vision is. So it's like I think on the flip side of that, too, is like if if something's not working, like have the worth enough to to get out of it. Like, don't feel like you have to stay in a relationship just because it's what's safe and what's comfortable. Or it's like I've already put work into this. Like, I need to make it work. Like, I know people in my life, too, like some of my friends that are they're like stuck in relationships. And it's like they're always complaining to me like, I'm like, well, then why are why are you still with them? Like if you're clearly checked out, you know, it doesn't matter how much work you invested. If you know that it's not a match anymore, like people grow in and they and they evolve. And sometimes you you have to like split ways. I think that's OK, too. Yes, absolutely. And knowing that it's going to be scary. And the, a lot of times that people stay in relationships and aren't working is because they're afraid what they want isn't actually out there. And even deeper, they're afraid to experience the pain of, of, um, of breaking away from the known. Right. And because it, it's literally a death and a rebirth when you, when you're like, okay, like this isn't working, this version of me literally has to die. And yeah. I have to be, become someone new to be a match for what it is that I truly want and so I would say to anyone going through that number one right what's your vision like what do you really want like journal on what's super important to you right like the like where do you want to see yourself five years from now and and so really anchoring into that and then coming back and knowing that sure leaving is going to be challenging you know I did it not that long ago and it was one of the hardest effing things in my life literally one of the hardest things in my life and I can say now it was the best thing of my life. Like, in, mm. like, but in the process, there was a lot of, you know, being on my knees, bawling, like praying to God, being like, what yeah. the like, you know, and still being in love with someone and caring about them. And then, but in my heart, knowing this isn't actually best, you know? Yeah. Um, so you're right. Cause your brain also goes to all the good things, all the amazing things. It's so natural, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's like looking, it's wanting to cling on to the known and um, the familiar. So, but the, the strength and the confidence and the adventure that opens up that you access in yourself and a decision like that. And in a process like that, like is invaluable. It's worth all the pain. It's worth, worth it all. So yeah, to speak into someone who's in a situation where they know in their heart, like this isn't what's best. This is what's right. And you're wanting to mental yourself out of it or justify it. Um, I encourage you to go somewhere quiet and, and listen to your heart and to do the courageous thing and taking it step by step, inch by inch. But remember, it's all for that vision of what you really, really want. Yeah, that is such good advice about the vision. Like, and you could apply that to any area of your life, like a career, you could apply it to your family, like relationships, obviously, it's like have the vision in mind. And And it's really scary to let go of something that's safe and familiar. And it's like, that's something that so many of us struggle with. And like, I still struggle with too. It's like, whatever is comfortable, it feels like when we get complacent with things, right? We're like, okay, well, this is easy. This is safe. This is familiar. This is what's normal. But it's like, dare to dream bigger. Like if you, if you know that you have a vision of something you want, like if you're with someone and like, I don't know, whatever your deal breakers are, like you said, like if you know that they don't want kids or something and you're like long-term, like I really want to have like five kids, whatever. Um, and you like try to justify all the reasons like, oh, maybe I could like convince them to do that. That's another thing. Yeah. That's another thing I want to, um, ask you about is like, um, people that kind of date people to try to like fix them or change them. What does that stem from? Um, that's a great question. So, and at some point we're addressing this, um, it it can be multiple different things. Right. And this is why, you know, when, if I, it's a case by case, I can ask questions, but I can share generally a a common, common things that come up. Um, 
needing to be needed, right? Like I need the validation that you need me um, to fix you uh, because I don't believe I'm worthy of love just as is. I have to work for it. I have to earn it. Right. And so, uh, and that can also come from, say, you have a parent who's an addict, right? You have a parent who's an addict or um, your, you can be so many different things in your history that then lead to that. And if you're also dating someone who you feel like needs fixing, you're dating down. Therefore, if they reject you, it doesn't hurt as much than if you were dating someone who had it all together didn't need fixing Mm -hmm. and rejected you. The pain of that rejection, it can also be what people are afraid of. Therefore they date down, they date what feels like less risky because, oh, it's not going to hurt as bad because they're already a piece of work. Right. Like I'm already going. Yeah. So, so that's deep. Yeah. It's to avoid pain. We're like fascinating. Let me avoid creatures sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That like, that just blew my mind. Like hearing like I, I love kind of just like understanding like why we show up the way that we do. And that actually kind of makes so much sense. Like thinking about that. Um, can you kind of, can you like elaborate a little bit more on the, the idea of like dating down versus dating up? Cause I always hear people joking like, Oh, someone's always reaching versus settling. Like when, when they're boyfriend and girlfriend or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like date, like just, well, why people date down and settle. Yeah. Question. Yeah. So, I always like to t- think it's coming from two two common limiting beliefs. One is what I want isn't actually out there, right? Like it doesn't actually exist. So I, I better just settle because what I yeah. want isn't really out there and I don't want to be alone forever. So let me just settle. And the second one is um, I believe it's out there, but I don't believe it's possible for me. I don't believe I am worthy of it, right? I believe it exists. Yeah but not, not for me because of X, Y, and Z, right? All these limiting stories that we're like, a, we're a field, right? We're a magnetic field with all these thoughts to see information. And what's beautiful is you can, you can interrupt and replace that. Like we've all got the power to do that. It, it, and that takes discipline. It takes intention. So when people date down they're they're just, it can be sometimes a laziness, lazy. Like I'd rather just be yeah. you know, lazy and, and stay over here with the comfortable. It's like, girl, no, I know you, no one wants that. <laughs> so you don't want that. So yeah, the two limiting beliefs, number one, it's not, it's not out there. Number two, it's out there, but it's not there for me. And yeah, you get to stay comfortable and familiar and, um, experience, you know, maybe patterns that you knew growing up and that are destructive or drama filled, not feeling love, not feeling like your needs are met. And then of course we have where in order, a lot of people will want a certain thing and it, and, but when they actually get it, it can freak their nervous system out and feel like death, which is a whole other conversation. Um, so with, oh with a lot of the work that we do with our students and in the Manifest Your Man course and just in all our courses and our events is um, be attuning and becoming a match to, to what you are, what attraction is good for you and what, and what you actually really want. Because what will happen is women can sometimes interpret them as boring or they'll find something wrong yeah. with them, right? Something wrong with them, right? Because, um, that level of intimacy can terrify, terrify. And I'm like speaking from personal experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> right. The level of presence can be like, yeah. Oh my gosh, what do we do with this? Like you're all here. Um, so we can sabotage in, in ways that were mm. it's unconscious and that's, it's yeah. beautiful to do that work and then open yourself up to what you really want and realize it's like a whole new world. That's like, I I've experienced the self-sabotage thing too. It's like, it's really funny because I feel like now that I've been single for a while, I'm like almost on the the opposite side of the spectrum where I'm like, oh, like this is a red flag. Like they're canceled like immediately because I'm like, am I just like, am I just like not ready to put myself back out there? Because I'm like any little thing that like doesn't align. I'm like, well, do I have standards or am I just like, you know what I mean? It's like the, the, the lines have been blurred with that. And I've found myself in that position like a few times. Oh my gosh. I can speak into it if you would like. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I'm also, it's making me giggle because I'll, I'll never forget. I was joking around with my friend and we were talking about the girl who like, like the girl meaning like us and like friends and people we love and know who like never sets boundaries. And then when she finally sets boundaries, it comes off like, ah, 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 like a little yeah. chihuahua. <laughs> right. Cause it yeah. was like, there's like the resistance in it. Right. So, um, 
I love that. You're like, I was over here and now you're like, I feel like I swung hard over here. So in having that awareness, right. And a lot of times that can also be control, like secret control where we're like, okay, if I, and it's fine to say, it's, I want to put it into the right words because it's, it's healthy to say no and next, right. It's healthy yeah. to say no and next. And, and it's important to be in the energy of, um, asking what am I, how do I feel on this date? How does my body feel? How does my heart feel? How is he treating me? Right. Mm-hmm. And then, but if you find yourself constantly looking for something wrong, it could also be that we're like, Hmm, um, our hearts a little bit closed off and we're like, I'm not actually open and available. Therefore let me find something wrong. So I don't have to risk being open. I don't have to risk showing you my soft underbelly, meaning like my vulnerability, or I don't have to risk opening my heart. So, and to know when you're not in that is when you go on a date and you're like grateful for the man, you're like, Oh my gosh, you're grateful for the date. You're like, that was so cool. He's such a weirdo or (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like whatever the experience may be. Yeah. Um, and you're like, you're like, like have genuine curiosity about the person. And, um, and that takes also relinquishing control, right? Cause in dating and flirting and everything, it's a, a whole surrendering process because we don't know these humans. Right. And we don't, we, we don't, we can't predict what they're going to say to us. We can't predict if they're going to ask us that, like when we're flirting, right. We can't predict. Yeah. So you're literally like, when I tell girls go wink, go smile. They're like, they, they act like I'm telling them to go kill someone. I'm like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, it, cause you're, you're being, you're in the unknown. You're, you're, because this, you're now you're being warm and inviting and open and this person can come up and talk to you and same thing and dating. Right. So if we find something wrong with them consistently, it's a way to also still have control and, and, and not have to open and, and share our heart. So then the shift would be, um, what would it look like to share my heart on each date? That's what I would say to do. Yeah. Like what would it look like to share my heart and to get to know their heart. And, um, just to be curious and, and grateful and watch your energy, your thoughts, your feelings, your beingness kind of shift. And then all of a sudden you're more open to that, to that man coming in, who is a match for all the deal breakers and, um, the experience that you want to have in partnership. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And I like what you said, too, about like, how does your body feel on the date? Because I feel like our bodies know things before we do. Like everybody calls it like the ick. Like if you have like the ick about someone, like um, I think it's okay to have that. And I think it could also be like you said, like the control thing of just like, oh, let me just find like any red flag so that like I'm in control and I don't have to like reveal my soft side, which is like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm being called out. But it totally (laughs) resonates with me. Um, So that's like so powerful. Like being more present on the date too. I think that that's like a headspace shift of like just being present and like really seeing the person for who they are and like hearing them and then, you know, making the executive call after that. Because sometimes I feel like I've been in the position before where I'll head into a date or I know friends have, and they're like, you already have your mind made up. Like, ah, I don't really think I'm going to like this guy, but like, whatever, I'm just going to show up anyway. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the same kind of headspace of like just searching for like anything to just chuck them out the window and like move on to the next one. Totally. Totally. And it's a way to, ch- I think it's also a way to check out of our bodies and our, and our, and, yeah. our, and to come into our heads and to be onto the next thing. Because when we have a human and a human, right, it's like a mirror. It's a, it's like this beautiful mirror of like, okay, so asking like, how can I like settle into this space and just be in this moment and notice, like get familiar with the sensations in your body. Like, is there like, whoa, what's that? Or what's that? And use dating as an opportunity as well to like come into this moment, to come into your body and, and to just be like, I want to make this fabulous. I say dating. I'm like, it's like one of the coolest times of your life. Like I say, you can make anything fab. Like, why yeah. dating fab? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love that. So what are your thoughts on dating apps? Cause I'm really curious. Cause I feel like a lot of people are split on them. Um, so, so I know plenty of people who have, are married and have met and have great relationships and met on dating apps. So I think that I, I think that if you like there's nothing again I have nothing against them I think they absolutely are wonderful to meet people and I always tell people it's 2021 like dating apps aren't nerd like weird like yeah a lot of great people on dating apps and to just be mindful because I think where like breakdown happens is people um go on for like hours a day and then all of a sudden they're burnt out it's like time it out do 20 minutes it's like three times a week like 
tell, don't sit there and have get into texting relationships with men you don't know like don't call your like like don't text them a bunch like meet with them and then see if you're interested versus spending all this time getting to know someone via text before actually meeting them so and you can there's simple things that we teach in our courses um this is like the date smart kit course that we have which is like um phrases you can say and one would be um you know uh like I wonder if you're this funny in person right you can be like flirty to like move it to to an in-person date quickly um or a phone but maybe maybe you want to talk on the phone with him or FaceTime them before you go out with them like oh I wonder if you're this funny on FaceTime right so you're Mm -hmm. you're saying I you're not saying you need to FaceTime me it's still a very feminine way you're being able to stay um right and in your power, right? So like, oh, I want, this is what I, this is my preference. And then, um, so yeah, dating apps can be absolutely wonderful as long as you're mindful about your time and your energy. And most importantly, out of everything, it's your ener- energetics. It's the energetics, right? Where's your energy? Where's your state of being, thinking, feeling? And then that's definitely an avenue to meet great men. I think that's great advice too of like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening to can relate, like having these texting you know I don't even know what you would call them but just like maybe like you just text the person for a few weeks and like you don't even have their number saved and you're like texting every day and then all of a sudden they ghost you and it's like I just wasted so much time like now I got to go through the whole what's your favorite color like small talk thing again (laughs) with someone else and it's like they never want to meet like that's such Mm -hmm. good advice or like even doing like a FaceTime like I heard somebody else too referring it to dating as just like a vetting process. So like if you do like a quick FaceTime yeah. call or something or like a chat on the phone, let that be like a really quick way rather than texting them for three weeks and then like never seeing them again. Like you wasted yeah. all that time when you could have just yeah. like had a call with them. I agree. And my, my, my girlfriends who are listening, who find themselves in the texting relationship, that's also, and you find yourself talking to someone often before getting to really know them. It's a way to actually avoid intimacy because think about going on a date and seeing someone face to face is 10 million times more intimate than texting. Yeah. You know? So I, so I say like, we get to be, we would, if you desire connection and feeling at home with a man, it's also getting comfortable with intimacy. And, and I speak from this being a big journey of mine. Um, and so it's all worth it. It's all worth it. So yeah, definitely interrupting that habit and letting yourself hop on FaceTime. Yeah. Or going on a 20 minute coffee date. Yeah. Coffee dates too. Like I, you know, sometimes dinner dates can be a lot of pressure. I know some people get like really anxious about that of like, you know, just sitting down for a dinner date with someone you've never even like spoken to. So like even like a walk in the park, like coffee, like simple things like that are enough for you to even energy. Like you can feel someone's energy in person more so than you can over text, obviously. So like you'll be able to feel their vibe too, even with just a quick interaction. And then from there, you can decide if you want to like continue to date them or not. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm kind of curious if you have any like last minute advice or tips that you would give to anyone that's like single in their 20s that's trying to navigate the dating world and the crazy world that we live in now. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I think we we touched on it a lot, which is the vision piece. So I would say like, let your home play because who likes the word homework be <laughs> like, <laughs> from I love that. Um, writing out what you do want to experience in your dream relationship in present tense. So this is what I feel. This is what I experience. And know that also in your twenties, like you're still figuring out who you are and what's important to you. And that's totally okay you know, and, and that's beautiful. You're going to go through like initiations and, and more freedom. Like just know that that's ahead and dating is a process to really get to know yourself. And of course, in, in figuring, in knowing yourself and in this discovery, you can meet your lifelong partner in your twenties as well, you know? So, but the home play would be writing out what you do want in present tense. So when I say present tense, it's like, you already have it when you journal. So it would sound Mm -hmm. like I'm in the most amazing partnership we, he woke me up this morning with coffee and now we're going to my favorite farmer's market. I love his kisses. Like I love spending time with him and we have, we're planning a trip to Thailand and I cannot wait. His family's amazing. I love his sisters. Like you're just, yeah. you're very it's much like scripting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. We have manifestation <laughs> called scripting. Yeah. So that I would say do that. Let the vision lead you. 
and surround yourself. Like you can stalk me on Instagram, right? Surround yourself with, with the, the tips and the consciousness and the inspiring energy to support you in, in staying, um, and, and people, right. Friends, right. Friends who are of this, um, thought, right. Are of this level of responsibility and understanding and co-creation to support you, like setting your environment, environment up to win is really important. And if you're listening, you feel like you don't have that, I guarantee that there's someone in your life that is on this train. So reach out to them, start to build a relationship with them. And because we, we do, we become like the people around us, right? Naturally. So those are my two, two big tips. Yeah. Great advice, by the way. The vision thing is like so powerful. I love that. And I think that's something so many of us need to be reminded of is like, it's okay to have the vision and it's okay to step away to have your standards. Like that's my biggest takeaway from talking with you is like, just know your worth, like have the vision, hold on to it. And if something's not aligning or resonating, it's okay to, to move on from it. Yes. Um, and saying no, if you need to say like, if, if what you need to do, you and anyone listening is to say no as much like, like no to someone who maybe they smoke. So you don't want to smoke, like yeah. let that be like, wow, this is going to increase my magnetism. The more I say, no, it's going to increase the energy in my field. And I'm going to trust that. So that's going to be my experiment. Yeah, I think that's great. For anyone out there that's uh, a people pleaser like I was, I'm trying to get out of like, that's like such a huge piece of like game changing advice. Like it's okay to say no. Um, so that's, that's such a huge takeaway, but thank you so much. This, I like learned so much. I wasn't even expecting like the conversation to go where it did, but this was so good. Good. I know pelvic floor releases. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to give you a chance to like plug yourself. So like where people can find you, if you have any like workshops or anything you're working on. Yeah. So my Instagram is Rebecca Boatman, B-O-A-T-M-A-N. I post a lot of free inspiring content on there. And then I have a free guide. It's what keeps you single. So if you just go to whatkeepsyousingle.com, I give you a free dating guide to support you on these, the three biggest traps that I see amazing, good hearted women fall into. And I teach you exactly how to avoid those traps. So you don't waste your time in dating. And that's what keeps you single.com. And then I know we mentioned the manifest your evolved man course that's manifestoryevolvedman.com as well. So that's like a nine step module course. I give you the energetics and the practical steps to attracting a loving man. Wow. That sounds great. You got a lot of awesome things that I'm sure people would love to um, check out. You're doing amazing things, by the way. Like I love how much value you share, you know, for free on your Instagram. You have so many little valuable like tidbits and stuff. Um, So keep doing you keep shining your light. This was so awesome. And uh, yeah, thank you again. Yeah, of course. This was so fun. Thank you so much, Haley. Yeah.